There comes a time in any man's life where he must make a decision about important things in his life. Of course, we're talking about movies. And this is the moment of that decision. This is Agree to Disagree, episode two, where we talk about the movie Logan. This was a great opener. You fought me so hard. Okay, so here's what happened. We just fought for like 10 minutes saying who would open because last time he did, I thought it'd be nice if I did it this time. And this is what he had prepared. I well, lied. I, I really hope your improvised material is better than the one you had thought for the past, what is it, three hours now? Because Jesus, otherwise, you were right. Otherwise, that first episode was our, our high mark. That was the episode to aspire to. Listen, man, let's not make callbacks because no one is listening. So no one will My mom was listening. I really believe she'll listen again. She did say she thought it was crap. I thought your mother was... But I was, think she'll listen again. I thought your mother was dead. No, she isn't. Well, she's dead to me. Well, so as I was saying, this is Agree to Disagree, episode two, chapter two. The one we talk about, Logan. And before we get into it, before we start fighting, which we already did, but before we actually start the process of fighting about the topic at hand, let's try to explain to our beautiful, beautiful, I don't know, nine, eight people audience. Whoa, we got nine, eight people? Yeah, two Whoa, of them are bots. hi guys! No, wait, two I of them are bots. we're like half, but... Hi, bots! Yeah, I mean, zero no, one, zero, zero, one. Great joke. But that's not what this podcast is about. What we do here is we take a movie that is relevant or not. Maybe we just take a movie that we want. But in this case, it's Logan, which came out, the, well, it comes out the 3rd of March. And we talk about it. We talk about the movie. We fight about it. So, yeah, the fighting is basically that. It's about how we see things from a different perspective, but not in a friendly way. Not in a way in which we bring something new to the table or would make the world a better place, but rather the opposite. We fight so the world is a worse place. We fight to divide people and to make everything more violent. That is our gimmick. We discuss, we debate, we disagree, but we, in the end, agree to disagree. We even disagree about the fact that we don't disagree that much. He's really hyper, a hyper, really hyperbolic guy. That's the kind of guy you have today defending Logan, which many of you may probably like, but it's, it's a really flawed movie, and that's what we're here to talk about. It's ups and downs, and it's alcoholism, and it's real, real, real hard efforts to try and stay relevant in a apparently less PG-13 movies superhero universe. What, what happened, by the way? I mean, we got Deadpool in February, and we basically got this movie in this, around the same time. What is this? Is, is the, the beginning of the year the, 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 the time of R-rated pseudo-superhero movies? What's going on? I don't know, but even though I didn't uh, like Logan that much, I don't even know if I liked it, honestly. I did like parts of it. No, you're supposed uh, to say that you hate it. Okay, fine. I hate it with a burning passion. I hate it. I hate it like Mel Gibson hated Jews. Uh, well, he hated Jews. He doesn't anymore. I, now, he what, hates, what, now he only hates women. Dude, listen. I, I just said hated. I oh, didn't say hates. Sorry. But he hates women. I know. All right. That's good. And Jews. You know that's a lie, right? It's, <laughs> anyway. It, it's all a PR standing. He, he still hates them. I get his emails every time. I'm not Jewish even, but my almost Jewish surname confuses him. And, you know, it's just... All right. All right, Mr. Goldman, let's relax, okay? My, what, I'm not Goldman, but... <laughs> what we're trying to do here is we're trying to set it up. Yes, as you said, 
you absolutely hate the movie, and I'm not putting words <laughs> in your mouth. You said that this was the worst movie ever made. You said that Wolverine or X-Men Origins Wolverine is the citizen, is compared to this, a Citizen Kane. That's what you said. And I love the movie. I think, I think this movie is great. And let me just give a very brief uh, reason why I love this movie, and then we can get to Well, then you can explain your part, and then we can get to it. I don't know why I'm telling you what we're going to do. You already know what we're going to do, right? Because you're telling them. Who's them? Is the bots are, that are listening? Hey, X1392 really likes our show. We gotta put, you that's, know, a that's, spectacle for That's you. very insensitive, you know. X1392 is now called Robert. She changed. All she, right? It's yeah, an, she, it, it was a it's she. It's a bot. No, don't, 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 don't get too progressive on me. Never go that progressive. All right, All right so as, as I was saying, I really enjoyed this movie. And more than that, I felt a complete joy. I felt like I was in a safe place and I was being shown what the world could be. And I'm not saying that I want the world to be like the one in Logan. I'm just saying, if this is what entertainment holds for the future, then this future is bright. Don't let anyone fool you. If Logan is what movies are going to become, then I'm going there as fast as I can possibly go. This movie was not only beautiful, beautiful in a visual standpoint, it was also a good movie because it was well constructed, it was well acted, it had a great story, and everything just fit together so perfectly. You want to ask me, is it a perfect movie? Well, I'll ask you, is there a perfect movie in the world? I don't know, maybe Triple X2, State of the Union, that could be a perfect movie, but I don't know if there is another one. This is certainly not a perfect movie, no movie is perfect. If if it was, it would be too boring. We wouldn't have a reason to be talking about. If this movie was perfect, we wouldn't be millionaires out of podcast money because we would have nothing to talk about. But we do, because this movie is great. But I hear this. A little bird tells me, do you disagree? Listen, I'm going to get the niceness out of the way first so that we can really dig into the meat of this. There are a lot of bad movies out there. There are a lot of bad movies that have come out this year. Just to name a few, Passengers and Assassin's Creed still make me scream while I sleep. Actually, no, Passengers just leaves me in a state of apathy that I can't really get out of. Uh, I think Assassin's Creed And if you don't know year. what that movie is about, it's the last one that came out with Chris Pratt and Jennifer Lawrence. Uh, please never work together again. Oh my god. Please never work a, again. <laughs> no, I, I do like Chris Pratt. Jennifer Lawrence, not so much. I hope he dies in the set of Guardians. Oh, I shouldn't say that, right? Dude, not, not with Guardians. Don't, don't let, not time to go there. It already anyway, ended. anyway. The film already ended. Yeah. Uh, so here's the thing. There are a lot of bad movies out there. And there are a lot of really, really terrible superhero movies out there. Yes, I'm looking at you, Amazing Spider-Man 2. I'm looking at you. But, honestly, this movie's not that bad. This movie has... Great moments, it has some great action scenes, some great visuals, just like, like you were saying. But it's just so bland, so by the numbers, so predictable, so contrived. Like, like Assassin's Creed, there's this thing apparently in a writer's room right now where people just check boxes. Here's, here's, I'll illustrate my point, it's a moment that comes fairly on. They got the R rating, right? So we're getting the whole introduction about Logan being... Uh, depressed, middle-aged guy that's slowly but surely dying of uh, adamantium cancer. But at one point, when they're showing us his mundane life as a limo driver, he's hosting, in a way, he's transporting a bachelorette party. And you know what happens? 
the girl that I assume is getting married says, Hey, driver! And she shows him his, her boobs. Did we really need... I mean, it's, it's an inoffensive scene. I didn't mind it. I didn't find it fun. It was actually, they were actually a great pair of tits. But you know what? We really didn't need it. If this was a PG-13 movie, did we need tits, and tits at that moment in time? No, we did not. But since they did get the R rating, that's what we got. At another point in time, we get the obligatory gruesome injury that gets panned out and we get to see it and admire the visual effects and all the grisliness. We get, and don't get me wrong, I love the fight scenes. There's a particular part when Charles is stopping time around everywhere that Logan slowly crawls and manages to get his knives into the heads of some of the henchmen, and that's great, and that wouldn't work if it wasn't just so visceral and brutal. But sometimes it's overdone, like, like the time with the tits, like the time with the Mexican gangbangers, which, yeah, yeah for Trump, that, that was a great Trump announcement. Uh, you, you can start putting, you could have just said, Logan, we should build a wall, and that would have been a great kicker for the story. Just want to clarify, this is Agree to Disagree's lawyer. The, this man's opinion did not reflect the opinion of any possible sponsor that we might have. Mr. Trump is a president, and we have no positive nor negative opinion about him. Continue transmission regularly now, please. Thank you very much. There were just some very gratuitous moments throughout the movie that just devalued the art rating. In a way, Deadpool didn't. And since the only thing I compare it to is your Deadpool maybe be for Vendetta, uh, another kind of superhero story with an R rating. It's just how I felt. That that moment at the beginning just told me, okay, I, I'm gonna have a fun ride, but that it, that's all it's gonna be. It's not gonna go any farther than that. It's gonna be pretty mediocre and bland at times. You know, I'm surprised. Oh, wait, no, the world I'm looking for is I'm not surprised at all. Because I already disagree with you. In a very profound way, that is. Because, listen, I want to compare the use of R rating with actual past use of Wolverine. We've had a lot of use of Wolverine. A lot of movies where Hugh Jackman is there. And Deadpool might be a, a possible comparison. I'm not going to say no, but I would like to go with what we actually know and what is, for a fact, comparable. And that is, we've seen Wolverine act like he should in action only once, which is in X2, X-Men United. In the mansion scene, when the people, a striker and his men come to get all the mutants, he wrecks shop with all those military men. But there's not a single drop of blood. There's no limbs that are being destroyed. It's just bloodless action. Not even the claws show blood. But that is as close as we could get. This is real Wolverine. I don't think that the R rating was misused in any way or that it didn't belong there or that he tried to take advantage of it in a non-effective way. I believe that this is what Wolverine looks like. And you know why? Because if you compare it to any other X-Men or at least any other member of the X-Men team. Their powers are usually, of course, they're exception, but I, I'm talking about the A-listers, I'm talking about uh, Cyclops, I'm talking about Jean Grey or Storm. Their powers are usually so clean in structure, you know? Cyclops destroys everything with his eyesight, it just evaporates it. Storm uses light, light storms and stuff, I don't know. <laughs> I guess lightnings that she can control. Very disintegrated people. In yeah, but that's the, the point. It's bloodless destruction. And Wolverine was too. It, it was always bloodless up until this point. If we try to take Wolverine to a more realistic setting, which I'm not saying it isn't necessarily realistic, I'm just saying comparatively it's more realistic. His powers or his abilities are some of the bloodiest you can have. He has three fucking big ass knives. It's literally a guy with knives. Each hand. And he's 
combat trained and he's agile, it's impossible to not have such a, an amazing amount of blood and an amazing amount of dismemberment from his actions. It's unrealistic to think that way. And I'm not saying unrealistic in the concept of the real war. I'm just saying even in those, in those amazing and fantastic universe, it's still quite unrealistic. But this Wolverine was the best Wolverine that we could possibly get. The action complements the character as it never did before. And that's why they needed the R rating. They didn't use it in a cheap way. They didn't overuse it. And they didn't just get it to compete with Deadpool or whatever the fuck they could, the executives might have wanted. They used it to complement the movie. It was just It's just a part of the movie. I don't know why, why, when a rating became something such of such debate. It just should be something that goes with the flow of the movie and with the characters. And in this case, it, it completed us. It's never used in a negative way, and it's never cheap. I think this is the ultimate Wolverine. Sadly, it's the last time we'll see this Wolverine, but there's nothing that can be better, nothing that could be comparatively better or, or well done in any other way. I agree with what you're saying about that Wolverine needing it and that his powers are messy and that particular scene in the mansion completely proves your point. But what I'm saying is that that scene at the beginning told me we're gonna have a lot of by-the-numbers plot developments. For example, when that family got introduced, and I'll have a lot to say about that later, I already knew they're gonna die. Just like the, the, the family died in X-Men in Origins. And I also knew that uh, Caliban was gonna sacrifice himself the second he got captured. And I also knew that Blondie McIdiot with the robot hand... Wait, I, I, I can do better than that. Uh, he's called Donald, so... Yes. Let's say Robot Bar Donald, I'm gonna call him Robot Donald. Baron Trump in 20 years and no, on I, meth. I, I'm gonna go with Robot Donald. Robot Donald... Uh, well, he's racist. He what about Robert Donnie? He hates Mexicans and, uh, you know, he, he bit the crap out of children. I, I, th I think we're good. Uh, so, Robot Donald... Oh, I also knew he was going to survive until the very end and build him up as a bastard and then that he was going to escape inescapable things like, for example, illustrating my book when uh, Caliban blows himself up and the dude is literally three feet away from him. He survives not one, but two grenades almost to his face just so that he can be a bastard later on and we have the cathartic death where he gets really brutalized. And so that's, that's my issue with the movie. It's, in a lot of moments, by the numbers, unpredictable. They're just like, I mean, you, the story is well told. You can't improvise or create something new from the, oh, uh, father figure to an orphan child actually bonds and they have a cool story and they go from rejection to actually knowing each other and care about each other. You can't. Uh, create anything new in that genre. It all comes down to how well you execute it. And for the most part, actually for half the movie, it's well done. Uh, but I already knew where it was heading. I mean, Wolverine's death didn't surprise me. Like Charles did, because Professor X's death did shock me. But Wolverine's death, I saw it coming a mile away. The second the girl said, well, we know nothing will happen to me because you don't care about me, which was just the most cliched line ever, and you said, and that's, that's the immersion was broken, I couldn't live in that world. And also, this movie could take a few pointers from John Wick, I can't put my finger on what it is, but there, maybe it's because their universe building, the whole X-Men universe building, is one of the worst uni universe building around, but 
just even though they tried to be subtle about what happened with Charles, about what happened to Wolverine, he was never subtle. It was always exposition. It was always an exposition dump. I honestly don't know how to make it better because they did try and work around and show instead of telling, but for me at least, it failed miserably. Let's start by the beginning. I want to talk a little bit about Caliban and what you said. I completely understood what they were trying to do with Caliban and it serves the purpose of the plot really well because they establish it. One thing that they do in this movie that a lot of movies don't do is that when they're going to use something, even if it is minimal, they actually reference it before and it's of, of course I usually agree with show don't tell but if you're gonna put a line of dialogue at least make it worth your while and they explain that Caliban used to be with the other side and they establish the fact that Caliban is not necessarily happy with the arrangement they have there he doesn't really like Charles and he doesn't really have a great relationship with Logan of course he doesn't he, they're they're there because they need to be because mutants are extinct and they don't have anyone else and Caliban doesn't really have the choice that Wolverine has of going out there and being incognito because he's as white as, well, as me and you. So m the point is... They don't have pictures of us. I know, but we sound really white. We're going to upload a picture for an Instagram. We're not going to upload a yeah. picture. No, I want to keep our... I'm gonna, I want to keep a secret, you know? I want people to think that I'm a 6.5 feet tall football player, you know? He's a 4 feet bold Asian guy. <laughs> All right. No, I just said we're white. The point is that the relationship that they establish with Caliban actually makes it really believable for him to be manipulated in such a way and then for, for him to be, well, manipulated, mostly tormented to do that thing. And then so remorseful that he would do something drastic as blowing himself up. I don't think it's predictable. I think it's rational to think about, uh, to think about it that way because they're, they're still humans. I know they're mutants or maybe technically they're something different, but they're still human characters and they're put in these positions by force. So I, I completely like this the little bit of story that we have from Caliban. And yeah, yeah, in real life, yes, two grenades will fucking obliterate you and you will completely die. Well, this guy, how you call him, Robot Donald, didn't really get out unscathed. He broke his robot arm, so you're wrong. You're objectively wrong in something. But yes, in real life it would happen, well, let me tell you something, newsflash, little boy, in real life people don't have powers or robot arms, so I don't that think... That you know of. I don't think your, your and argument... And they do have robot arms. I th yeah, but not like those, that one, you know? That was some, that was some sci-fi shit. But my point is that, yes, if you can suspend your disbelief for someone not dying from two grenades, then, well, what the fuck are you doing watching a movie with superheroes? I mean, come on. Yes, you, you should be able to believe that he could survive that. Especially because he's a trained soldier and he's probably drugged up or something. Alright, so my point is that Mr. Robodonald makes sense as much as Caliban does. Every character in this movie has a point. Every action that he takes is justified in some way or another. And when they're not so clearly justified, it's for the purpose of the plot. Because you can't lay down everything and just have it happen in a completely predictable way. You can say that this movie is predictable, we can talk about it in up next. But I think that those characters that you name, that you're trying to damage their name, is quite wrong. And I proved that there is something wrong with what you said. He broke his rubber arm, man. He did. You saw it. You were there. There's this concept. It's called plot armor. I'm sure most of you are familiar with it. Well, most of you, you know, all three of you are familiar with it. Uh, well, the bots might know it. Well, yeah, they can do a Google search. It basically goes like this. When a character 
given the situation he's in, should die, but doesn't because the plot demands that he keeps on living. Or something happened because the plot demands that it happens. Uh, so there's uh, two very gracious mistakes, or actually just common crutches that writers typically use, both in movies, in TV shows, in video games, and it's one of the worst things you can do because it diminishes the stakes. And here's the kicker, most times it's related to an MC, a main character, or a, or a secondary character on the good guy's side, but in this, this time around it was more like the villain cannot die. There were multiple chances for him to die, being at the beginning of the, in the first encounter they had, or at the second one when he was all mind drugged up, retarded after uh, Charles did his thing, and then and they came out, and again they didn't took the chance, or even to rescue Caliban. But the granite thing, it's not that I can't suspend my disbelief. It's that it just shows me that he's not gonna die until the designated time when he's supposed to die. And I did not say that Caliban wasn't well built. He was. I did sympathize with him. The torture scene was appropriately gruesome. What I'm saying is, I could see him the second he got captured, that he would be forced to help, although not all that unwillingly, once the doctor came, which can easily be seen when he says, your people are savages, so they kind of reach an understanding, and just at that moment, I already knew this is the classic get captured. I don't. I'm not gonna help you. Yes, I will. Oh, I'm sacrificing myself to correct my wrongs. We've seen it a million times, and we're gonna see it a million more. But that's what I was going with my first point. It has a lot of moments that are by the number, and that's what keeps it from being a great movie and just and lowers it to the point of being mediocre. When I can anticipate the plot, when the plot no longer strikes me, but actually uh, comes at me with a the pace of an 85-year-old with multiple sclerosis, I already know that I'm not gonna be moved by it. Maybe the cinematography is good, maybe the acting is good. Actually, let's say, I'll take a moment to say that the acting, for the most part, is fantastic. Uh, especially, I, I wanna credit whoever the little girl, girl play, playing Laura is, we'll Google it in a moment, because the first half of the movie, she's really good. She really captures the whole brutality thing and the whole animal inks things, all the fight scenes, of course are doubles, but she really sells it. Her screams actually got to me, but uh, not so much when she starts speaking. The second she opened her mouth, boom, everything shattered. But other than that, my point still stands. It's two by the numbers. All right, let's it's too predictable. Let's go one thing at a time, right? Because I think X twenty three deserves a bit more of talk over it because it's one of the central aspects of this movie. Why don't we talk about how this movie is anything but predictable? Let's first start with the fact that one of the main antagonists in this movie, well, one of the actual forces of violence and confrontation for the main characters, is something that I couldn't see. You know why? Because, I mean, the X-23 is so, sort of a, a clone or pseudo-daughter. That's not the point. The point is that they call it a daughter because she's made by the genetic material, Logan's genetic material, which is in Wolverine, if you actually see the movie, I'm sorry, in X-Men Apocalypse, one of the guys took his blood, so he's she's technically not her daughter, but rather a sort of clone, I would say, by the definition of it. But Logan has a proper clone, which is X-24, and I would have expected something like that, or at least I wouldn't call it completely unexpected, if that was the only 
uh, adversary that they had. But they already did the clone thing with X-23, so I wasn't really expecting something like that. But they did it. They killed Charles Xavier with the weapon that it is Wolverine in his most primal state, and I can't call that expected. I can't call that predictable at all. I think it's a great way to show that this movie is different than the others. It's not predictable because it doesn't follow any formula that any comic book movie has followed before. And the characters themselves don't act in such a way. Yes, there's always in a movie some sort of interaction that might be predictable because after all, when a movie is good, it conveys humans that act in a human way. So, of course you might be able to tell, oh, he might say this, he might do this and that. But the actual movie, the plot that goes in this movie, I can't call that predictable. Because it has those elements. It has the elements of making a special movie. A different movie from any comic movie and, most importantly, any other X-Men Wolverine movie. Which those are quite, in some aspects, but most of the time, they're necessarily predictable. I don't know how you can say that this movie is that. But if you want to talk characters, we can talk specifically about the characters. I can't say that I liked X-23's little Mexican voice. I, I ain't got nothing against Mexicans, but it's just out of character. From those animalistic screams to that violence, to that little, I guess it's a little girl, what else could you expect? But that little girl Mexican voice really threw me off, I gotta say. But it goes with the flow of the movie. It's unexpected. You see, you won't, I was telling you this in the movie, I was expecting this Laura to have like the most deepest man voice ever because she's so badass and violent and so good at what she does but she has a little girl's voice because that's what people in that age sound like yes the accent is a bit off-putting but whatever it's not because we're racist it's just because we're assholes right so here's the thing I am this does not mimic human human behavior at all I did not see X24 coming though if you watched that extra credit scene from Apocalypse you definitely should have seen it coming uh, but it's. I'm not saying it's human behavior. It's cliche. It's main ally to the main guy gets captured, works against the main guy, sacrificing himself heroically to take out one of the bad guys, even though this time he failed. Then it's hero starts out being a grumpy old man and doesn't care about anybody, which is portrayed in the exact moment when Logan says. She's not our problem and tries to run away with Xavier and leave the girl behind and then he starts caring for her and then he dies which, by the way, to the movie's credit, they do not pretend to be doing anything original because they explicitly... wait, it's always explicitly... because they clearly announce it and foreshadow it, foreshadow it with the whole western vibe that they so... I don't know if it was too in the nose, honestly, you'll probably be split on this some people are gonna love the whole western thing and all openly calling themselves a western with the uh, the eulogy was too much but the movie in the hotel scene uh, some people are gonna like it some people are gonna think it's too on the nose personally I'm mixed but I could see it coming because I already knew well, okay he's gonna go and they're gonna like each other and then, and then he's gonna tell her like he's done in every single movie because Wolverine is a character which with by far most screen time in the entire X-Men universe and he's gonna die because that's where the movie's ramping up to be. Predictable as it is, sometimes movies can be predictable and still be good, and I'll say this movie has a lot of that, but those things didn't really click for me. For example, X-24 particularly suffers from, and this movie does suffer a lot from this again, because it's all connected, folks, from plot convenience. How could... Logan could never be stopped by a semi-pickup truck when X-24 and Logan first face off. Logan at many points in time, 
scratches his face with his claws. The usual problem for killing Wolverine is that nothing can penetrate adamantium, but adamantium can damage adamantium. That's the whole thing of the movie, that an adamantium bullet can... Are you, are you kidding? Are you kidding me? You, you're, he's doing no, people. He's like moving his head, saying no. I, you can't well, watch I, it. I wanted to spare you from the embarrassment, but go on. I will destroy your arguments okay. with a righteous fury. Go on. Adamantium bullets don't damage adamantium. No, no, no. Just go on. Go on. So then X-24 gets impaled by a fucking normal uh, metal uh, bar and then comes out... Was Nate? Was he called Nate? No, Nate was his son. I don't know what the hell the the family, the guy that took him in, the father of, to the whole family in the farm. Oh, the, the farmer guy. Yeah, the black farmer guy. I don't. Yeah, remember. just call him that. Just call him Tyrone Farming. Okay, I'll call him Tyrone Farming. I don't know what Tyrese's uh, real name was. We should just Google it. Uh, I'm not gonna Google. Google it. the character list. No. But the point is, why Wolverine is not affected by bullets? I we need to keep some continuity. Let's go back to X-Men Origins Wolverine or The Wolverine before he lost his, feel his healing factor. Wolverine is not affected by bullets. And so a clone of Wolverine, that by all accounts the movie suggests that it's an exact copy of Wolverine, should not be harmed by that. Especially, he should not be harmed by a shotgun with normal metal when Wolverine has put his claws through his head or attempted to. So, it's fine. You should not just do that. So that's the problem with the movie. It usually has a continuity problem. So here's the thing. I, like I said, I like a lot of things, but if you're gonna play it by the numbers and admit to yourself that you're just getting cliches from a lot of movie and bending them to it and trying to transcend those cliches by having excellent acting, excellent cinematography, excellent action sequences, then you gotta go the extra mile. You gotta have an original dialogue, you gotta have original characters. Robo Donald is the most stereotypical villain ever. His Subsection in evil security guy from evil company number 27 and the doctor is Umbrella Corporation scientist number 72 or Given that we are in the X-Men universe. We already have trust. We have uh, What was the name? We have Skylar was, was, Skylar? was Skylar the name of the the guy that infused Wolverine with adamantium? I, s I said it before, Jesus Christ, what's my problem? Striker. Striker. We've, we've had Striker. So this is way too common. Uh, a trope already walked in the X-Men universe to keep repeating. We have super hard-ass little girl that's a badass, but secretly has a heart of gold that longs to be cherished. So again, you have to transcend. I personally don't think that the problem with her lines are, are her accent. I personally think it's that her lines are bad. And she's not up to the task to infuse them with any more emotion than she can. Especially at the painstaking eulogy. Oh, I'm gonna recite a thing from a movie that resonates with me. Even though you didn't watch it, you didn't care for it, and we just wanna throw it around. Come on, dude. Let's give the little girl a break. Why do you hate little girls? I did say I loved her in the first part of the movie. And she probably has a great career ahead of her. I but want she could to not see, love those parts. I want to see a spin-off called X-23. The Beast with the Heart of Gold. It could be like a drama or a, a, a rom-com, actually. Well, let's, let's, take, let's take it a step at a time because you said something that is objectively wrong. So now I'm going to take this opportunity to slap you in the face in a righteous manner with some hard facts about X-Men canon. You said that Wolverine and 
listen, I've been a bit wonky now with the things you've said, but you, this is this is what you said. You said that Wolverine should be impervious to bullets. You said that. Those were your words. I'm gonna go back and I'm gonna play them back so everyone can see that you said that stupid shit. When in X-Men 2, I'm sorry, X2, X-Men United, Wolverine gets shot in the head for with one bullet that is not an amantium and he falls to the floor, unconscious for like 10 seconds. So obviously he can be damaged by bullets. Of course, not permanently because he has a healing factor, but even in his prime, even in the moment where he would heal almost automatically, he could still be in some way damaged by a bullet because after all, a hit on the head that puts you in the ground, it's a sort of damage, even if it is reduced by for a mutant. Can you, can you give me the mic 15 seconds and I'll give, and I'll give it back? Because sure. that's, you just proved my point, which is the X-Men universe has the worst continuity ever because in X-Men Origins, Wolverine, he gets shot two times with a higher caliber bullet than the one the cop had, and he just shrugs it off. He looks to the side, he looks again, both bullets are out, and he continues to rip shit apart. Well, so, that's you're proving my point. The no, plot serves... I am not proving your point. You know why? Because you didn't let me finish. Because you were so eager to prove your, the audience, all our, eight of them, that you're not an idiot, that you didn't actually let me finish. You know why I love this movie? Because I care about continuity. In a universe, I do care. But I don't care enough to justify terrible movies on that continuity. So... I love the fact that they decided that Wolverine now can be killed by an adamantium bullet because in Wolverine Origin, in X-Men Origins Wolverine, they, they make a point that that is not possible. The adamantium bullet in Origins is for them to wipe his memory because Stryker says, I'm not, I'm not going to be able to quote it, but it's really close. He says his brain would heal, so that means that he will survive. So he says that his brain will heal, but his memories won't. So I love the fact that they're striking down Origins as the deformed beast like it is. I love the fact that they're keeping the canon for everything, or at least in some way because they retcon the universe with the time travel thing, but they're keeping the canon for everything except for that movie because you know why? This is a personal regret they have and it's not the, the subject of this podcast, but I would kind of would love if the new Star Wars movie would have done the same with the prequels. Oh or if, god damn it! Or if there is a new Matrix this movie... This is not the time I we know, will I have Star Wars podcast. Now is not the time. I want a numerous audience to know that that's how I feel. I would love... I, I don't want a new Matrix movie, alright? Just leave the Matrix alone. But we know that at some point they're going to make a new one. So I would love for that new movie that is obviously coming, I would love for that movie to ignore two and three. Stay and to just pretend that the only movie that exists is the first one. Which I would also have loved if... Episode seven completely ignore the prequels. It's stay like, who, who? What's that? What's that about? Pre what's pod racing? Never heard of it. Would you please stay on topic? I am yes, not going to have this discussion with you, just, you internet troll. I just want. Yes, I, and that's my point. You're keep. You're proving my point. He was shot not once, not twice, three times in the head with adamantium bullets. I ain't finished. And he was boy, fine. Boy, shut your mouth. I'm not finished. My point is that I love that. They keep the continuity, yes. They keep consistent, yes. Except for that movie. Why? Because the movie sucks. If you want to defend X-Men Origins Wolverine, you can have a whole hour podcast about how great that movie, about your romance with little Ryan Reynolds, proto-Deadpool. But I won't defend that piece of shit because I have pride. That also happens in the Wolverine, by the way. I have pride. And that movie will be removed from history as it should. We should forget about it. We should forget about it because it's bad and it doesn't add anything other than pain. So, I love that. I love the fact that they say, you know what, let's make a huge plot point. Which Let's make a huge plot point. Jesus Christ. Sorry. Let's go back. Let's, I don't know. I think I'm going to let this. I'm not going to edit this out. Don't edit it. Let's make. So, this is what James Mangold said. He's the director. 
Let's make one of the plot points of the movie a huge fuck you to the face to X-Men Origins Wolverine. You know why? And because Wolverine. we can. Because we can. Because we deserves it. This movie deserves it. The same way that all other, other movies that I'm not going to name because you don't, because it's a little pansy, deserve also the same thing. So I love that. I love the fact that he added that. And you know, Wolverine can be killed by bullets, simple bullets. Magneto in the second one he says... survive one bullet, but he won't survive a hundred. Wolverine can be killed if his brain is completely fucked up. He can. Maybe Origins didn't say that, but he can. If there is like a thousand bullets, he can. That's why he doesn't react when all the, in this one, in Logan, all the soldiers are pointing at him in the ground. He can be killed in that way, and he knows it. And also, let's go with another thing, which is that you're wrong, sir. You're wrong, because you assume something that is not true, and yes, you might need some knowledge of the comic books to know that, but, you know, well, that it doesn't it's not count. said. No, no, but you assume. And you shouldn't assume, because you know what happens when you assume, right? You're an asshole. Yes, but you're that, the that, biggest that, asshole. But that's how the phrase goes. You know what happens when, when you assume, right? You're an asshole. Yes, you're an asshole, exactly. Okay, I, I agree. X-23 is not... They don't say it in the movie, but my point is that she, like in the comic books, has not a full adamantium skeleton. In the comic books, sorry, in the comic books, the only part of her that is adamantium is the claws. She's a clone of Wolverine. Well, actually, she's... Comic so books don't have, don't count. We've already had X23 in X2, X-Men United. It's what? We didn't have it. No, yes. that wasn't X23. The yes. chick with the, yeah. the gloss? No, that wasn't X23. That's another character. Fine, then she's X7, whatever. It's the same concept. It's not the same concept. The point is that she, the same as Wolverine, Wolverine can be impaled. His whole body is not a man, only his skeleton. There's part in the body where there are no bones. If you want to talk comic books, Wolverine. No, I'm not talking comic books, I'm no, talking movies. You brought comic books in. No, no, yeah, but I'm saying. X-23 can be impaled, even if you assume that her skeleton is also an adamantium, because the whole body is not a skeleton. She should survive if she's Wolverine's daughter. Wolverine was once split in half by the Hulk, and he dragged his half-body across a mountain to go look for his other half of a body. Well, you said that comic books don't matter. You know but, what they no, say in the comic books? Comic books in the yeah. comic books, they say that the only way to kill Wolverine is to decapitate him and keep his head away from his body, which means that if you let it close... Who, what's... I imagine a headless body crawling to the face and the head saying, No, you idiot, it's over here. No, do it right. No, but you can't do anything right. I imagine that. That's not how the movie works. The movie works if Wolverine gets severe head damage, the movie, the movies, the universe established that he would die. And this movie also does. Because Wolverine 2, huge Jackman 2, dies from that sort of damage and an adamantium bullet. So what I'm saying is that you're factually wrong. A lot of things that you said were wrong. And X-23 is also not, it's not correct in that, in, in that aspect, you know. It could be that she, his, her skeleton is not completely in a mansion, or it could be that maybe she got impaled somewhere else. I said X-24 was impaled. Yeah, and Wolverine too. By the semi. Yeah, but that's... So he wasn't like, impaled by the semi, he was just crushed. No, the semi hit him and then he got impaled to some junk that was laying around, conveniently spiked there to handle... Mutant attacks. I don't know why. No. Yes, dude. X24 actually dude. lifts the semi and starts attacking again. No, dude, again. I'm talking about the time when he's impaled with the oh, yeah, yeah, with yeah. Tyrese at the farm. Yeah, yeah it was just uh, like a yeah. pickup truck, not so a semi. Here's, here's the thing. First of all, I love that you didn't say anything about how the cliché nature of stuff and how they didn't transcend it because clearly you don't have Sorry. to say anything. I just wanted to... Psych! No, I wanted to talk about the continuity. We can talk about it later. I, but let's go... Just since you brought try the Try to disprove me. Since you brought the continuity, let's, let's wrap it up. Thank you. Thank you for proving my points. 
This universe is so inconclusive, Wolverine has the strength he has whenever the plot demands him to. In Origins, he was supposed to be an unstoppable killing machine, so guns don't affect him. In X-Men 2, he was supposed to be vulnerable, so guns do affect him slightly. In Last Stand, he was supposed to withstand the force of the fucking sun trying to disintegrate him. Well, she's the, the Phoenix Force. She's basically That's a lame Phoenix, though. Yeah, but... She's like the force of 20 yes, lighters. everybody hates that Phoenix, but still, she was the, uh, basically a... Supernova. She's the equivalent like of the force of five hot plates. She's not great. Six. It's a uh, bad movie. It is a bad movie. Then in the Wolverine, and this is canon, it's not comic book, which do not count in this discussion by reviewing this movie. In the Wolverine, he uh, is tempted to be decapitated by the Japanese guy with the Japanese sword that's made of adamantium, which means, and even though the sword was heated up, that the seal means that. Wolverine should have been able to kill X-24 with his claws, and he had him at his mercy a lot of times, and he didn't. And you know why? Because the plot didn't demand him to, so the continuity is all fucked up. And so, why can't Wolverine be alive in X-Men Days of Future Past, which supposedly takes place also around 2029, around that time? Well, let's think about it. The movie came out in 2014. It's around 10 years later. So Wolverine both has his healing factor intact with no adamantium poisoning. And he is stronger than that when he travels back in time. Dude, are you not tired of being wrong? What? In that same movie, they changed the future. He goes back to the same I time. Know. And the school is intact. I know they on everything, but that... How, explain to me how does changing the timeline mean that one time the adamantium poisoned him and the second time it didn't the, uh, uh, the other way around the first time it did it didn't poison him and the second time around it did it's simple we're it's talking about we're talking about listen we're talking we about a plot point to make him vulnerable and so we said what if the adamantium was poisoning him for undisclosed reasons because the adamantium I'll remind you canon again origins is a space metal the guys in the African village say it came from the sky, and so the adamantium should not have an expiration date. In, in, and it doesn't matter if it's inside his body, and if it does, then X twenty three is fucked because she has like ten years to live before she dies. You know, first of all, you know that if you're, I'm saying this, I'm making a bitch statement. I know that it's mostly for a meme, but my point is that, and I. I say this mostly for me, but I believe it because I think it's the best thing that could happen to the world. Which is, keep the canon, forget about X-Men Origins Wolverine. And you want Wolverine. To and Wolverine. You want to, and you, Wolverine. You want to forget, I'm sorry, you want to remember X-Men Origins Wolverine because it's your favorite movie? Suit yourself. It's not my favorite. I won't do it. My point is that, first of all, the only one that says about the adamantium poisoning is Wolverine. We, don't, we never really get a confirmation that that's what's happening. The movie itself never says so. It's just Wolverine is speculating. My point, and... I want to make this very clear. What else could it be? I don't know. Maybe Coke? Who okay. the fuck knows? My point is that you say that comic books don't matter, but and I don't say, I'm not saying they do matter. I'm just saying it's an example of something that happened, and we shouldn't assume, Jess. We should just take what the movie gives us. The movie doesn't give us much in sense of explanation of why this thing is happening, because that would, mean, that would be lousy storytelling. You want to have a 20-minute scene with a doctor where Wolverine is asking him a question, why, why, why do you have white hair now why can't I get a boner anymore and it's like oh because of that imagine that we pointed your Johnson no that would be terrible you know it's not what we need what we need is this kind of movie the movie that shows more than tells but when it tells it means something 
and it serves the plot in an interesting way, not just for explaining some bullshit and how it makes sense in the context of the worst movie of the X-Men saga. It's fine that they want to keep the continuity of the other ones because they're good, most of them, but the origins, just forget about it. Why do you care so much about origins? Why do you go and marry Ryan Reynolds if you like him so much? So, I don't, I don't know what you're assuming that X-23 has got only 10 years to live after that. I don't know what you're assuming that Logan should be able to kill X-24. None of them are actually able to kill each other with their claws. Wolverine can kill X-24 and vice versa. In fact, Wolverine is killed for damage that he gets after his healing factor is impaired. I mean, they can't really kill each other because they, their, abilities, their abilities supposedly complement each other because they're both healing, they both have healing factors and they both have adamantium. Well, one of them loses one of those aspects and so he dies. But I don't, I don't understand why you have such problems with the continuity when, when it's all there. The good things about the continuity are there. You want this movie to be held back by having to respect a terrible movie? Is that what you want? Do you want Millichlorians? You want the equivalent of Millichlorians and Paul Racing? It. Stop it. Now, this is Stop Weapon it. X. Stop it. Come on. I want, I want respect. I want a coherent and cohesive plot. If you're doing it in the X-Men universe, you need to abide by the rules you have established for your own canon. Retconning stuff does not mean... You can retcon a story. You can retcon what happened. You cannot retcon a character's abilities unless you give a proper explanation for it. In D. Wolverine, not Origins, in D. Wolverine, it is shown that Lo, even though the sword was superheated, that Logan would die when decapitated with an adamantium sword. So the clause in this, in this scenario should be enough to decapitate uh, X-24. Never mind that, because even though I, I think I proved my point continuity-wise, and I think you, you helped me with it, I think there are more important things to talk about, like how contrived the plot is. Because... I'm gonna name a couple of, of times where the, even the movie itself acknowledges it, how stupid it is. First of all, the hotel scene. Caliban is nowhere to be seen. He tells you that he's killed him, but you have no way of knowing it. He's a mutant tracker, and you're gonna just go to a hotel and chill without thinking that somebody's chasing you? Another thing. Why didn't you kill the soldiers when you were basically ripping them apart with X-23? Bullets do not hurt you. Or maybe they hurt you a bit that you are seen at the beginning of the movie taking out like five shell casings. And X-23 is just ripping them all apart. And Robotron is right there for the taking. And yet you decide to run instead of taking out the last, I don't know, five guys that remain. Wait, which when? when, are you, when are the you first fight in the junkyard. What do you mean? I mean, he runs because he has Charles with him. Charles can take care of himself. He's no, a, he obviously can. He's a he's a big boy. He can and walk and he can use his powers. And nobody's shooting at the car. They're all shooting at him and X-23. So the car had bullet wound, bullet holes. But they're not shooting at him. They're they were, shooting at the car, they though. No, they shot at the, the car. The car had bullet holes. Yes, after they all got in and they started driving. But they are shooting at the car. Yes, once they were all together, so it was more dangerous for Charles to live in the car before killing everybody. So, Wolverine can die from bullets, because his healing factor is getting worse all the time because he's dying of AIDS, I don't fucking know, and he needs to protect Charles. The whole point of the movie, to start where he starts, is because Charles is there, he can't take care of himself, he can't use his powers because he has Alzheimer's. They said it themselves, the most powerful brain in the world with a degenerative disease. I agree 100% with what you're saying right now, but there were like... 20 guys, when the fight started, 
him and X-23 to like 16 out. And they say, okay, this is a good time to retreat. There weren't 20 guys. There were like 20 trucks. And since we're talking... No, there were like six trucks and... And, and, and since well, we're talking we about... We disagree, you fucking asshole. Since we're talking about contrived plot developments... Yeah. First of all, that was the longest train in the history of trains that let them escape. Second of all, they're in a banged up car that can barely keep going. And how long is that train gonna run? Is it gonna go for like an hour? Half an hour? They can't just wait for the train to pass and keep, in, keep on pursuing them? Dude. How, how are they getting dude, away? Dude, it's ridiculous. Dude, it's the future <laughs> where trains are as long as a alien whale and cars drive themselves weirdly and they don't stop for humans. What's that about? What is Elon, Elon Musk doing? Is that what he's doing? <laughs> he wants to kill everyone with cars? I mean, this, the only bad thing about this movie is that what the fuck happened to humanity to make cars that drive themselves Great, you know, they're great. Probably less accidents, more efficient, but they don't stop for when a human is there. Not only what that, the hell is up with that? But, you, but you, that's such a, that's no, an epic. But no, it, no, it, it's it an don't epic, be an asshole. It's an epic that what does that have to do with Wolverine? It's an epic that has to be made because it's crucial to a plot development and to a whole uh, thematic element of the movie, which is when Wolverine, just like in Origins, which you cannot ignore, ends up again in a farm. Excuse me, what it, movie? <laughs> what movie are you talking about? Oh, X-Men Origins. I've never seen it. Yes, you is have. That, is, yes. is that coming out next year? Yes. Oh, that's great. So, I'll never watch it. When, again, he ends up on a farm, and again, he ends up killing people. Why does he kill these people? By being there? Because suddenly, an automatically driven truck tries and leave them off the road. What? How is that possible? And then they throw a line like, it's possible that they rigged the truck to try and hit us. Really? That farmer guy rigged the truck to pass through the interstate at the exact same time that Wolverine's coming through so that they both crash to the side of the road and then they have to become buddies so that they get the truck out and they say, hey, come to our house with us. Once they found you in the casino and you've already killed a family of farmers that helped you once, why would you ever say it's okay for us to spend the night? How can you not wonder what the fuck is going to happen when me, you do that? Let me explain to you the reason of that scene. First of all, let's take, let's take the idea that they repeat the farmer family thing. You know why I love that? Because it's another huge fuck you to the face to X-Men Origins Wolverine. The guy, the director and the writer, which is the same person, said, Oh yeah, X-Men Wolverine did that? Alright, alright, I'm gonna do it again. I'm gonna, I'm gonna do it better. I'm gonna make justice to this scene. I'm gonna say to that movie, go fuck yourself because you deserve it. And he did it twice. And he probably did it more times than I can even I can even comprehend because he's such a genius. To destroy such a movie with a good movie is beautiful. And you know why? You missed completely the point of that scene. You know what was the point of that scene? To have Charles using his powers again. It was such a beautiful scene. Because then, after that, you, you know because he tells you that he hadn't take, taken his pills for two days. So he was more in contact with his powers and his mind in a regular sense. And he actually controls the horses. He mind controls the horses, which is beautiful. He might not be able to do that with humans anymore because he's so damaged, but he can do it with a simple-minded animal. And he does a good deed because he's inspiring Wolverine to remember what being a good person is like. Because Charles knows that X-23 needs Wolverine. He needs him to be able to, to, for her to be able to have a better life. And Charles knows that he's not going to be there forever. So he can't be the positive input in that relationship. So he tries his best. He does something, minimal in effort, 
but he, that shows that he's still there. That the Charles that we know and love, it's still there. Even though he has Alzheimer's, even though he's going to die, naturally or not, very soon, he's there. And he shows us the conflict that happens with Wolverine. He shows us that there is good in him because he appreciates, he appreciates it. And even though he doesn't really want to do it, he ends up doing it. They sleep in, the, in those farmers' house because Charles actually pressures him to do it. He wanted to go to a fucking motel. He wanted to keep going. But Charles wants to stay there for him to know what having a family, to having a regular life, a pleasant life is like. Charles, it's that in, that, in this movie. It's, he's not a, a plot device to find mutants just like that. He is the center of feeling of this movie. He is the one that, even though he says that Wolverine was a terrible student, and even though he says that he's disappointed, he still believes in Wolverine. And this scene sets that up and justifies that ever so beautifully. And if you can't appreciate that, then I'm sorry, man. You're just going to have to go and watch X-Men Origins Wolverine, which doesn't have that. You know what X-Men Origins Wolverine has? You know what your favorite movie has? A weird-looking CGI Patrick Stewart that can walk and is bold and weird? Well, if that's the Patrick Stewart that you like, suit yourself. Stop focusing so much on X-Men Wolverine, which is not Origins Wolverine, which is not that relevant to this movie. And I just want to agree with a couple of things you said. Yes, the scene with the family is beautifully done. The dialogue is great. Yes, the scene with the horses is great. Yes, the whole bonding process and Patrick Stewart kills it in this movie. His whole reversal, reversal of roles from the wise, stoic mentor we used to know to the foul mouth and irreverent guy we got this time around. It's so good. It's, it? it's all great and I love it. But it all gets cheapened, cheapened when your setup for it is so contrived. When for some mysterious reason the truck drives your vans, your, 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 your own trucks, of the road when you know that you should not be staying in that house because you are gonna get that entire family killed and you stay there anyway and the whole Logan doesn't know his family and he has to learn to embrace himself and not be a killer has been done not once, not twice, not thrice it's been done like five times because it's been done in the, in the three X-Men movies, in Origins, and in The Wolverine, and I'm pretty sure there's a bit sprinkle around there in Days of Future Past, and in uh, First Class, in that single scene that he says, fuck you, when they come and get him. So, it's always there, it's always his theme, it's been thoroughly explored. We did not need that again, we did not need that fight. A lot of things that happen on the farm are great. X-23's uh, journey, her scene with the food is great, her scene with, the, with Nate, the kid, is great. So it's all, it's, it's all great, but if the setup is so worked into it and it doesn't feel natural, something's lost along the way. And since we're on it, let's keep with the contrived plot things. How did the kids get up on top of the mountain? Why did the kids not fight back except for those two scenes? They're all superpower kids that have evaded them and X-23 has taken our battalions all by herself but suddenly when the gang is all together we gotta run boys! We gotta run for the mountains! We gotta be free! And nobody fights back. The second they fight back they take out the soldiers like they were nothing but they just rather run and I'm pretty sure that there's a time during that sequence that there are more kids than there used to be. Like there are extra kids sprinkled around there so it seems like more kids are running away. It's just also contrived that it diminishes the impact of the real, truly profound and great moments that you were talking about, which I agree, but it's diminished. And so is Patrick Stewart's death scene when he says, the sun bill. He basically had to say, we were, I was two days away from retirement. 
listen, let's go. Let's let me take on a, a couple of those arguments. That I think they're outrageous. First of all, Patty Stewart's death scene is amazing because the moment that he starts to die is amazing. He thinks that it's the actual Logan, and so he he reveals how he's actually feeling. Turns out it's the evil Logan. It's beautiful, and the last thing he says is that he wanted that future with Wolverine with Logan. It's beautiful. I don't know how you can you cannot like it. I mean, if you're impervious to a great actor giving a great performance, then well, that's that's you. And also, let me say this: I mean, the kids they weren't really destroying the soldiers at all. In fact, when one kid actually manages to freeze one of the soldiers' hands and destroy it, but then another soldier comes and he puts his hand on her mouth, and that's it. She can do it no longer. So they weren't really doing it that well. They started doing well when they had the upper hand and bigger numbers, and they were a bit organized, but they were scared. They're scared children. They're running, and they want to go to a point. They want to cross the border. They're not there to fight. So that's how I understand all that. All those things that you're saying, I don't understand how they can be so terrible in order to ruin the movie for you and to hate it so much as you actually do hate it. So the kids got there to their hiding place because it was set in the comic book. They took that part of the comic book and they made it real. Because everyone knows who the X-Men are. They're a cultural icon in this world. So that's how they got there. X-Men 3 knows how to drive? Yeah, well, do we really need a backstory? Well, she shows how she did all that and how she took it. Or an extra scene that shows how, how he got, how she got to the doctor? No, we don't. Let's just get where we are. She knows how to drive. Deal with it. You believe that she can do all the shit she can do, but oh, driving. It's not even a stick shift. It's an automatic car. It's that difficult to drive. Her legs cannot possibly reach the pedals. How do you know that? It's, I hadn't said anything of the driving, but oh, thank, you, thank you for saying it, because the, at one point they say, oh, she can kill, she can't hear a few bad words. Oh, so because she can kill, she can suddenly drive a car. Oh, I, good to know. A 12-year-old, once she kills somebody, can do her own taxes, because apparently maturity comes Listen, with the fact... Driving is not hard, especially when you don't have to use a shift. I don't think it's hard, but people train for like months before taking the exam, and she's like 12, and she cannot reach the She's pedals. special, alright? Believe that. Maybe she's just in her, her claws. She, how did she pick him up? The claws gave her, give her like, I don't know, six, seven inches maybe. But it's fine. He's like 200 pounds. How she did she has pick him up? super strength. Just not like Wolverine. That super strength. Wolverine is actually stronger than a human, and actually, the three is even newer. So why can you believe that she's it's strong? It's all contract. The picture Dude. of the, the, the guy. Where did he found the picture? Dude, let it go. Did it's, it just fall out of the bag? When the fucking house was in a wreck. Yeah, and the only thing that, that, that survived was the picture. No, completely immaculate. She was looking with at the, the coordinates when she falls when she falls asleep. Why did she have the coordinates there? Hey, in case you want the to find coordinates are me. everywhere in every envelope in the comic. Dude, it's fine. I mean, I don't I don't understand why you have to nitpick so hard. This those are things that, they, as I said, they might not be perfect, but they complement the movie. They're not out of place. So listen, I know that you hate this movie. I can't do much about it, but at least we completed our task, which is to show the world. That even though we disagree, we both agree that you're an idiot. Right? Wasn't that the point? No. Here's the thing. and I think I can sum up my feelings about the movie with, with this last sentence. I think the movie looks great. I love Hugh Jackman. I love every actor involved in this process. Except for Robo Donald and stereotypical bad guys. I think they're all great. I think all of the good guys are great. I think the family is great. Uh... And I think the action is great, the soundtrack is great, the cinematography is great, but the plot gets bogged down a lot of the time because of errors, 
being plot armor, being contrivance, contrivance being uh, something that's just way too coincidental. And what I can find, perfectly sum it up is my new segment that we'll have from, from now on when I move the services, which is the stupid fairy corner. And so for you listening, the stupid fairy corner is basically when a magical being from stupid land descends from the heavens, gets into the writer's room and makes them all sniff glue until their fucking teeth are falling out and they're banging their heads against the wall. And that's when they start writing these scenes. I want you to go watch this movie and take a look at all the times that the soldiers are picking up their rifles, pointing their guns and not shooting. And they're approaching the super powerful uh, mutants. How they approach them, do not fire, and that happens with Wolverine as well, and they keep getting closer to the people with knives for hands, and they don't fire. Please, take a look at that. They never fire. Wolverine, once the uh, X-24 is tied up against the car, does he get up, get his claws, and drive him right between his eye sockets so that he dies? No. Does he go kill Hank Evil, Mr. Science Guy, Mr. Evil? No, no, he doesn't. Does he find Robodonald and kill him in one of the three times he had to kill him? No, he doesn't. Why? I don't know. Maybe he got an instant lobotomy that time that bullet hit him in the brain. Who knows? But people are routinely acting stupidly throughout the movie. And that's, ladies and gentlemen, the stupid very corner. If you think you relate to one of these characters, you might want to get checked out. This has been a PSA announcement for Lobotomy United. Please, check your not a recharge. Actually, I, th I think that if you relate to one of these characters, maybe you just have a good taste for movies. I, I mean, of course, I com I'm completely against everything you said. Everything you stand for at this moment. I can't even look at you. What is wrong with you? What's your problem? You see, this is how I'm going to have... My mom drunk during this, this is my new segment. So your segment is called the corner of whatever, of corner of fairies and why, am I, why am I suck. That's your corner. Right. My segment is this. Why are you gonna be such an idiot? That's my corner, alright? This is my segment. New segment, I'm introducing it. Why are you gonna be such a fucking idiot? I added this forward, you notice? Because I'm angry. And you know why? I wanna ask you, why do you gotta be such a fucking idiot? Is that your entire segment? No, I was gonna move on, but you interrupted me. Oh. How can you not see that this movie has such a particularly different plot to everything that we've seen in other movies? Well, mo mostly comic book movies, but movies in general. How he, it can combine themes like the in incapacity of man to actually change with the idea of that there is hope that that might happen. But in the end, the only, that we, the only thing that we have are morsels. But we still get that feeling. How can you not like the fact that these characters have a quest of themselves? And other characters have also ideas of how those other characters' futures should be and they enter in conflict with each other. How can you not like the fact that this movie actually brought the Wolverine to a new plane? It made the character so much better because we never actually had a movie, not even the ones where he's the star, where he gets such a great development of his character and what he stands for. You know why we got that? Because we got great co-stars. One of the problems with the other Wolverine movies, the one that has been because there's only been one, right? It's called The Wolverine. It came out in 2013. I don't remember any other Wolverine movies. Let me know if there is another one. And the problem with the other X-Men movies is that when the Wolverine is alone, the co-stars really don't make it don't make him a good character because they don't give him enough opportunities. And the other ones, it's like 10 other characters, and even though Wolverine has always has a focus, it's not enough time for him to develop. This movie gave him the characters that he needed to actually become such 
such a great character and the plot service that service the development of this character even if it is if it is slow and if we don't get a new wolverine at the end that's not the point of character development character development needs to be meaningful which means only a small change or a small change of heart or an actual uh, action that the character might take that is in conflict with how the character started even if it is small it has a great path to go through and that's why this plot is amazing and that's why you should watch this movie do you have anything else to say Yes, you should watch this movie, but be prepared to watch the same Western movie you've seen a thousand times with admittedly pretty fun spin on it, but not enough to justify it being called a great movie. And a great Still, Mexican accent by X-23. You could seriously waste your money on worse things, like, I don't know, some Wolverine figurines, like the... The, or some Pringles, like the most obvious hey, marketing campaign ever. Pringles for Still Pringles, good. I love you. If you want to give us a marketing... Yeah, uh, give us money. Yeah, if, if you want us to be sellouts for you, I'll, I'll be a seller for you. I'll you do don't it. have to give me money, I'll just take the Pringles. Do it for a half a can. Yeah. Salty Pringles. So thank you, and good night, everybody. Good night, everybody. What are we, fucking night talk show host bullshit? Dude, we're better than this. What are you talking about? Okay. Eight. That's great. Is, is, is that a better one? That, that's great. All right, let's send off the audience as we should. You can find us on Twitter. You can find us on Facebook. You can find us on Instagram. You can find us on YouTube, all by the name Agree to Disagree. And we expect you to have a great time with our content. You want to say something? Yeah. Please, please listen to us. Please, I promise yes. we're a lot of fun. Sponsor us on Patreon. We're www.patreon.fuck you. That's a great joke. <laughs> all right. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time when we discuss King Kong. Get ready for some comedy and to be apeshit crazy, am I right? Because King Kong... Yeah, yeah. you're being crazy. Right. Just let's cut it up there. All right, all right. Bye, everyone. Bye.